Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode here on Aloha Android. Welcome. Um, I am doing this podcast from the comfort of my car, which is the reason why I love Anchor so much, because you could either do this in your office, if you have an office, um, in your home office, if you have a home office, or you can do this on the go. If you're busy, you have a hectic lifestyle, Anchor is so awesome. I should have used this uh, for my <laughs> for my uh, for my ad here with uh, with Anchor. But anyways, nonetheless, guys, welcome back to the episode here. And we got some stuff to talk about today that's kind of crazy, kind of interesting, kind of cool. And again, yeah, so uh, before going forward, <clears throat> I do want to give some shout outs um, something that I think, you know, is, you know, would be polite of me to do, um, from the last couple of episodes. So I'm going to go ahead and pull up on, uh, my YouTube studios dashboard, uh, because I do have a YouTube channel. And if you'd like to go check it out, it is youtube.com forward slash Tito Escobar all together. And you guys will find my channel known as Aloha Android. Um, all right, so shout out going to Aaron Lewis. Aaron Lewis, who posted a comment on the Snapchat Bitmoji i7 customized case unboxing. Uh, shout out to Grant S. for dropping a comment on the Aloha Android 2019 recap video. Um, also, Hideka uh, shouts out um, for posting a comment on the Snapchat video. Omar Hernandez for leaving a comment on the 2019 recap video. Uh, the LG V20 user for dropping a comment on the same video. And Coffeed, one of my biggest uh, commenters and supporters on YouTube for dropping a comment on that video as well. And Sumith for also uh, leaving a comment on a very old video of mine, the Moto G6 Play Flaws and Issues. A shout out to you. Shouts out to Magic Tech Review for dropping a comment on the 2019 recap. And Sneed Mobile Tech, who also has a podcast on Anchor FM. Um, so you guys might want to go look him up. Uh, and I've been watch- I'm watching, I've been listening to a couple of his podcast episodes. And they are really, really, really good. Flawless. As good as his live streams that he does. Uh, weekly on his YouTube channel, well, actually more than weekly, because he does it like anywhere between two to three days a week, and uh, his extensive coverage on the T-Mobile Sprint merger, which is what we're going to start this episode out with, and talk a little bit about that, because that's something that people are really trying to understand. What is going to happen? How is this going to play out? There are a lot of questions that surround the entire T-Mobile Sprint merger. And, and you know, as much as I myself and several other of my colleagues on YouTube, uh, you know, we give the ideas of what we think about how this is going to play out. Um, it's, what we say is not really set in stone. Uh, we do see that there are some attorney generals who are against the merger because they have these, un, these really, I guess, fearful... Um, predictions of what's going to happen if Dish becomes the fourth carrier and uh, T-Mobile and Sprint are allowed to merge. They have this heightened sense of fear that prices is going to go up. And, you know, in my point of view, my perspective of things, I think it's such a silly case for them to even talk about. For the simple fact is, is that 5G is something that is new, okay? It's in its infancy. 
and you know it's it's not even rolled out nationwide it doesn't blanket the entire country from corner to corner coast to coast uh landmass to landmass it doesn't do that yet and uh but it is still fairly new and to to even think to ourselves well hey um you know we're going to get 5G connectivity with this new millimeter wave technology and uh we're going to price it at $50 unlimited. Like you can't expect that. You cannot expect that at such an early stage of newer technology that delivers mobile data to your pocket computer. Okay. Scrap the term smartphones. They're pocket computers and they require data for connectivity to do most of the tasks that it can do. And 5G is really new. We've been talking about 5G for years, but that doesn't mean that it has been developed to its full capacity. It's still in its infancy. And because it's still in its infancy, we got to understand that these companies, carriers, which is the second thing I'm going to be talking about, they kind of go hand in hand with the Sprint merger. So I'm just going to mash them together like goulash. But... Uh, carriers really don't care about customers. And, and why would anyone think that carriers would care about their customers? You know, it's not a marriage when you sign up for service with any of the major carriers or any of the prepaid carriers. It's not a marriage. It's not where, you know, you're going to be like, oh, baby, baby, take care of me. And then your carrier is going to be like, don't worry, sugar bums. We're going to take care of you. It, it, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all. They only see dollar bills when they look at you. You are that person that walks the streets late at night that they look at and they're like, you know, okay, yeah, that's going to make me some money. I'm going to go ahead and hook that in. And they are the PIMP, right? So they'll treat you good when you're on time with your money and stuff like that, the moment that you can't pay your bill, the moment that you're not right with your money is when you're going to get the slap. Um, and, 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 and trust me, like how many times have I, have I dealt with a carrier? This is the reason why I don't go major, major postpaid. One of the absolute reasons why I won't go, I'll share the story with you guys. But, um, so, you know, um, we had someone that passed away years ago. Okay, this was like back in like 2010. And, um, you know, for that reason, everyone was strapped for cash. For the simple fact is, is that, you know, uh, when someone passes away, th those things aren't cheap, you know, do, you know, putting things together. I mean, you know, we were, we were standing on the side of the road, holding up signs and, and, and willing to wash people's cars to collect donations so we can um, pay for the services and everything to, to lay our family member to rest easy. And, um, my bill with, you know, at the time was, I was with Sprint and uh, I contacted them and said, hey, no, no, I was thinking too, like, like maybe they might have a little compassion here and have a little bit of apathy. I don't expect them to have sympathy, but I, I was thinking maybe they have some apathy for me. Maybe, maybe it might work with me a little bit. So I called to see if maybe they will give me three days, three days extra time to pay my bill without disrupting my services. And by talking with three different people, I got the same answer, which is like, um, they can't do that. The system will automatically shut out my services. If there's not a payment collected, partial payments don't count. You know what I mean? And, and, and you know what? I worked for Sprint Retention. I worked for them after that incident. I worked for them and discovered that you can, you can do it. 
if 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 a retention agent or a CAS agent or basically account services, which is the 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 highest tier up uh, that you can speak to a rep, if they were to work hand in hand with um, with finance or you know the people who bill you to basically hold off and give you an extension, they could do it. How do they do it? If you're curious to know, is that they actually credit your account what your bill is. So if you owe a bill of $250, they will credit your account $250, which brings your balance to zero, which then stops the system from shutting off your phone. But they have only 20 days from when that credit is applied to pull that credit back. If it passes, if it's on the 21st day, that credit is locked in. Sprint can't take it back no matter what. Um, and, and, and that's what we use as a tool to extend people beyond their, their disconnect point. We would give them the credit of that as long as they promise to pay before the 20 day limit. Uh, we would give them the credit of that. And then like let's say like they're like, you know, a week from their bill date, they could pay their their bill. So we would give them the credit. We would notate the account that on this date, we need to repull or re, you know, recall back the credit, which would then charge the account the $250. And then they should be able to pay it on that day as they said they would. That's going above and beyond and, and and there's times where you have companies that like you know these carriers that have employees that will go above and beyond but the ultimate goal of these carriers is that they don't care about you they don't care about you in that sense and they never will you are looking for love in the wrong places you know um and you know w- w- with that uh going back to the whole thing with the merger and uh T-Mobile and all them the idea that the prices are going to be raised, it's going to happen. Even without the merger, it's going to happen. It's the inevitable. It's going to happen. Why would you think any company would want to sell you a package deal with them for $50 unlimited 5G? Right off the bat. I mean, they didn't do that with LTE. I don't know if you guys remember when LTE first, first, first came out. And it first hit the market when they first flipped the switch and turned it on. Right? Um, there were some companies that, you know, sold you out on your basic, you know, mobile phone connection. And, and, and then right after that, they, then they had like these premium plans that, uh, enabled you LTE and, and you had to pay a little bit more for that. Or, you know, they you know, or they were doing, um, data buckets like, um, you get two gigabytes of LTE and, uh, unlimited 3G for, you know, forty nine ninety nine. You or you step up and get you know five gigabytes of LTE for you know seventy nine ninety nine. No, they were doing, they were charging, they they were making money off of LTE four G. They were making money off of it before it became to a point where these companies started to become competitive. Well, they've always been competitive, but they went competitive with four G because then there were some companies who were able to withstand. Uh, allowing a full unlimited 4G LTE data plan. And so then every other company tried to offer their own. Verizon did it. And then Verizon saw how well their customers were doing and, and you know, they decided to take away unlimited, which is why my, my dad left Verizon because they were like, you know, he was on their on the very first grandfathered unlimited 4G LTE plan. 
And then they were like, okay, you know what? Um, yeah, you need to move over to our newer plans because this is grandfathered. We're not offering fully unlimited anymore. But by law, they can't force my dad to change his plan. So they did the oldest trick in the book. Every time my dad was interested in getting a new smartphone, they would let him know, oh, yeah, you can upgrade to this. We can give you this phone for free. Uh, but judging by your accounts, sir, we have to let you know that when you do upgrade, uh, we would have to change it to one of our more current plans. You're on a grandfather plan that we don't support anymore. And my dad was smart. He was like, I don't want to change my plan. And then they were like, the only way... And, and the guy literally like got so frustrated with my dad. Like, uh, up front and point, he said it to himself. You know, he was like, okay, well, you know, if you, if you want to... Uh, get a new phone, you're going to have to pay full price for it. You have to bring your own phone and pay full price and activate it. So then my dad ended up doing that for years. And you know how messed up that is that my dad went years with Verizon and never got to show, like never got to feel appreciated for being a longtime customer because he could not take advantage of any of their upgrade deals or any of their, their, their loyal customer deals because by doing so would have forced him to change a plan that he did not want to get rid of and wanted to keep. So again, back back to the second topic, carriers don't care about customers. So, the fact is that all these attorney generals are saying that that pricing is going to go up. It, it, you know, it, it's not going to be great for for the low low income families, which I can see why they're a bit concerned for that, but I I don't believe that that is their true intentions, but I can see where they're going with that. Low income people. Well, you know, let me say this. Low-income people that are, you know, on government assistance that are making ends meet, you know what? Life is not fair. I'm not hating on them, and I can say that for a fact because I am a low-income person. I don't make buku dollars, okay? I scratch and claw for everything that I get. And even though I could use, you know, platforms like this and YouTube to try to make additional more income... I just don't. Maybe because I feel embarrassed to to put myself out there like that. I don't know. I I mean, I just did now. But um, yeah, I just feel like it would be totally weird for me to go and ask people, you know, to give me money uh, because I do things like this. So I allow it. I leave it as where, where, you know, my subscribers on YouTube and my followers here on the podcast, you guys decide if you guys want to make a donation to me. But I will not utter you know, saying to make a donation to me. And it's not against anyone else that does that. It's just that I don't feel comfortable doing that. Um, but yes, I fall into the low income bracket. And you know what? For me, if if prepaid companies that I'm using uh, do not offer me 5G in my, in my package that I pay um, prepaid every month for, it's not going to kill me. LTE speeds is just fine for me. It's, 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 it's more than good. It's more than good enough to do what I need to do. And I'm not a person who likes to spend his days on Netflix all day long watching movies. Um, I just I just don't see I just don't see that there is any time for that. I really don't. And um, you know, because of that very reason is like, hey, uh, why why would I really need 5G? But that's just me. Some people may just want it because they want that 5G logo on their phone. Some people may want it because, you know, they, they want to be you know, in the now, um, who knows, who knows exactly. Uh, but you know, for me, I just say it like this, right. And and that's just me. And this is my opinion though. But like, I I just never rush out to get like the newest things, you know, kind of wait because you don't want to be what I call the new sucker. The new sucker is the person that rushes and gets everything new, finds out there's something wrong about it or, or, or the experience is not as fantastic as it's advertised to be. 
And then months later down the road, the same thing that they got, you know, when it first came out is now at a lower price or at a more value, a more value price. And then they feel like, oh gosh, I should have just waited. That's like the most famous line for the new suckers. The new suckers always say that. I should have just waited. I should have just waited. I could have spent less. Or they secretly go back to, uh, and this is funny. This has actually happened a lot of times. Um, like for instance, let's take let, let, let's take pocket computers for example. Okay, so let's you know, phone comes out brand new, day one hits the market, everyone rushes to go get it, right? Uh, everyone's like, oh okay, you know, it's it, it, it's good, it's not as as good as they hyped it up to be, and then five months later, the the, the phone is like half off. If they don't go to social media to complain, they go back to where they got the phone and they say, hey, this is not fair. I I bought this phone brand new day one when it came out for $1,000 and you guys now sell it for 500 I want half my money back. And they do do this. They do. They will. It doesn't matter. You could be the voice of reason and say, hey, you know what? No one knew it was going to be half off, you know, five, six months from the day it came out. But it's not fair that, that, that you, you know, we give you back half your money. That's not how this works. But they will do it. People will do it. I mean, hey. Any way to to get by in life to squeak your way through, you know, and and, and so yeah, I mean, the new suckers are, are always follow for it, you know, always fall for it, and so uh, for me, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not in a rush for it. So because I fall in the low income bracket, and you know, I'm I don't consider myself a new sucker, um, I'm okay with LTE. Everyone else can have five G. I could go two, three, four, five, six more years with just LTE only. Everyone else will have the faster speeds, don't get me wrong. By the time that 5G is in its prime, everyone will be having blazing fast speeds. I'll be that guy who sits on the bench that it took him 30 minutes to download a 10 gigabyte game file while the guy next to me with 5G downloaded it in three minutes. Hey, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I'm okay with that. I guess I'm an old, old timer. Old timers feel the pinch. But I'm okay with that. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. I feel that you know this is um, the merger and everything. I feel like it, in a way it has to happen, and it's for the same principal reasons why it needs to happen. It needs to happen because while they're talking about that prices are going to go up, it's going to to hurt uh, competition. What's going to really hurt competition is not allowing Sprint and T-Mobile to merge. The mid-band that, that uh, Sprint has and the low-band that T-Mobile has works hand-in-hand -hand together in, in their vision of pumping out 5G and to getting connection data connection in rural areas. Sprint has connection in rural areas that you know T-Mobile can definitely take advantage of. And the mid-band... Um, the, the mid-bands that they have, the spectrum that they have that they cannot deploy because they don't have the money to deploy uh, along with T-Mobile will allow them to deploy that. But ultimately, it would create better competition when it comes to Verizon and AT&T. But I've said this before. If you were to draw four circles on a paper, two big circles and two little circles, the two big circles would be Verizon and AT&T. The two little circles would be Sprint and T-Mobile. So while they're while they're talking about this, you know, the idea of it like, oh, um, you know, uh, AT&T and T-Mobile, blah, blah, blah. Um, Verizon, Sprint, blah, 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 blah. And um, they're not fair. 
anyone looks at it and, and can see it's not fair. It's not fair at all whatsoever. You have the two little guys constantly fighting against the two big guys. AT&T and Verizon don't really battle it out between each other as much as the hungrier underdog guys, Sprint and T-Mobile, battle against them. You always see Sprint attacking Verizon and AT&T. You always see T-Mobile attacking Verizon and AT&T, especially nowadays, considering the fact that you know T-Mobile and Sprint are merging together. So obviously, they're not going to be attacking each other. But before the merger was even going to go through, you know, it was like Sprint versus T-Mobile versus AT&T versus Verizon. It was really like that, but it wasn't really a fair fight. I don't know how they can say that that it was a fair fight. It wasn't. Sprint was a, was an underdog. Third, you know, third place at one point dethroned the fourth place. You know, T-Mobile was in fourth place for a long time until they got a CEO to come and shake things up. You know, when it comes to the merger, I just feel like this: like every one of those states that's blocking it just wants something out of it. I mean, if you look at some of the co- some of the current states that were against the merger, who flipped, are now pro for the merger. Um, obviously got some sort of deal involved when it came to um, having T-Mobile Network deployed in their state, and this is how fast that their 5G would be built out for their, you know, their um, their citizens that live in that state, their population of that state would, would gain better uh, network connectivity. You know, I see them pantering to that. And so is this really about the government caring about how much the price of mobile data connection packages cost, or... Or is that just what they're shouting out for everyone to hear? But then underneath the table, they got like a little contract that says, hey, we'll support your merger, but we want this, this, and that. We want, you know, better 4G connectivity for, for our, our residents. And we want your 5G network rolled out uh, in our state in three years. Got to pay attention to that. So anyways, guys, if you guys want like the more intricate details of the merger, detail by detail, I would definitely say to check out SMT on YouTube, uh, watch his videos as he has extensive deep coverage into it. And again, shout out to Sam if you're listening to this later on at any point in this week. Uh, shouts out to you, man. And I'm uh, sorry I couldn't join your, your live stream last night. Uh, I was kind of bummed out to see, you know, you, Carlos and, and Rishi on there. And I'm like, I wanted to be on there with you guys, but, you know. You got to do what you got to do to survive, right? And, and you got to work three jobs. You got to work three jobs. So uh, but anyways, we're going to head over to the next topic here in just a second. Thank you for taking the time to listen to that quick little ad in between intermission here. Uh, but now back to some more tech talk, tech news. And one of the craziest things that I seen that I read this morning was that Apple may have a development team who is secretly working on building a satellite so that way they can beam data connection straight to iPhones from a satellite. How cool would that be? Okay? And and if they're doing this, I sure as heck hope that Google intends to do the same thing with Android. Why not? Why not? This would be so cool. Why not have this? I mean, this is like an idea that I'm sure a lot of people thought about and just never really talked about. Uh, But getting your data connectivity not from a tower nearby you, but from satellite. I mean, how much bandwidth can a satellite beam into a phone, right? Think of the possibilities on that. Anyways, you guys can find this on your, your news source publications, whichever you read it on. I use Google News, and it was reported by Bloomberg. 
So um, if you guys are subscribed to getting news from Bloomberg, go ahead and uh, you guys should be able to find it. The title of the of the the whole thing is called Apple has secret team working on satellites to beam data to devices. And so they go on to talk about it. Um, the uh, Cupertino, California-based uh, iPhone maker has about a dozen engineers from the aerospace, satellite, and antenna design industries working on a project with the goal of deploying their results within five years. Wow. Work on the project is still early and could be abandoned. However, there's a clear direction and use for satellites hasn't been finalized. The Apple chief executive officer, Tim Cook, has shown interest in the project, indicating it's a company priority. Now, what does this exactly mean? Like, like how would this work? Um, and initially, just think about it like this. Like, you know, your phone having a direct line of sight connection with a satellite that's orbiting the planet. Um, several satellites all across the globe. So then that way, no matter where you are in the world, you will have this connection. Now... Right now, mobile technology relies on tower build-outs and nodes and all kinds of things put up. Um, towers that are built to look like freaking palm trees or to look like, you know, pine trees that you can tell are faker than anything just because they don't want the the landscape structure, the environment to look, you know, like it's being torn down for technology. So they just build these things to kind of blend in. And yeah, I get it, but I also think it's just kind of weird. But that's where we're getting our data connection from, right? Now, just how much more powerful would our pocket computers be if satellites were beaming data to our phones coupled with these towers they have spread out across the country? Or let's say that the satellite can do what these towers can't do and offer more bandwidth connection. And so by deploying this and it being successful allows them to take down these towers that they have put up, restore the area back to its original state, or at least take out the ones that they've put in forests and things like that, but the ones that they have in, in metropolitan cities, um, have those up, but you know, uh, repurpose those towers for something else. I mean, the fact is, is that, um, yeah, you could probably get faster data speeds if it's beamed directly by satellite to your device. But then again, also, we do have to worry about, uh, what was it they were saying? Um, one person was talking about it. He was saying that if we actually got our data connections directly from a satellite, that we would have to worry about like a meteorite striking the, the, the satellite and it going down. Um, network upgrades would have to be done by sending astronauts into space, which is time and money and a lot of money because it's not cheap to put together a rocket connected with, you know, a spacecraft and then launch it into space. OK, it's not it's not like you could be like, OK, we're going to launch six astronauts into space. It's going to cost us $80. OK, rocket fuel alone costs a huge bunch of money to be able to do that. And so, you know, every time that the tower goes down or something happens and they got they have to service it, it's like it's going to cost network carriers a lot of money. And if by doing that, it's going to cost the customers a lot of money because the carriers would have to pay to have their satellites serviced. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah, I mean, you know, one way or another. But um, the reason why Apple is considering this is... Uh, you know, 
Amazon Inc. plans to deploy more than 3,000 satellites as part of a future uh, constellation. However, the industry is littered with failure. Iridium LLC filed for bankruptcy protection in 1999. The uh, Teledesic abandoned its internet from the sky plan more than a decade ago. New efforts from Facebook, SpaceX, Amazon are a long way from generating revenue. And Apple rarely enters new categories without a clear way to make money. So, uh, you know, with, with just them saying that in their article, does that mean that Apple has found a way to actually do this? Is there a specific way that they can do something like this without it, you know, hemorrhaging money from their company or forcing them to raise prices dramatically on their products? Because again, Apple wants to do this, but then again, Apple is not a mobile carrier. They're just a pocket computer uh, manufacturer and a software development company. So does that mean that Apple's going to step in the game and offer their own voice, text, data connection services? And then, I mean, that would be kind of cool because that's what Google is kind of doing with Google Fi. Google Fi is Google's own version of, of what they would envision mobile mobile communications to be like. However, Google doesn't have their own infrastructure at all. They rely on three different carriers to provide their customers with network connectivity, voice uh, voice um, connection, and and SMS slash RCS connect, uh, connectivity. Um, so those companies are T-Mobile, Sprint, and U.S. Cellular. They rely on them for that, and um, so. By that being, um, yeah, if Apple does this, Apple would really be saying that they're going to enter in into the market. They're going to enter in into competing against the other carriers by providing a connection to their iPhones straight delivered from them. But then again, they're not going to be piggybacking off of anybody. So then, ugh. But I see where Apple's going with this. I see this, right? Because again, you have what's called MVNO. You have mobile virtual network operators. You have the you have these, and with the with the with the MVNOs, right? Like obviously, one of the things that's very apparent about MVNOs is that they rely on another carrier's network. Okay, like Mint Mobile relies on T-Mobile. Boost Mobile relies on Sprint. Virgin Mobile relies on Sprint. Uh, Metro by T-Mobile relies on T-Mobile. Um, was it visible relies on Verizon, you know, uh, cricket, the, the list goes on, right? They rely on the major carriers, right? And, and I, and I think that this is why Apple may be considering it is because they probably see the future of it. And they're like, if we can, you know, connect iPhones to satellites to get better and faster data connections, it would open up doorways for other companies, other startup MVNOs that would probably be iPhone only type companies, like how Virgin Mobile tried to do Inner Circle. They could have like, like I could start my own MVNO if I had the money to do it. Go to Apple and be like, hey, you guys use satellite for your plans to connect your customers to data, to voice, to text. I have this company. I will pay you this much annually if you allow my customers to piggyback off your connection. And by doing that, opens up the door for Apple to make money off all these MVNOs that would start up, come to them, and be like, yeah, we're going to only sell iPhones because iPhones are going to have the faster connection because of your guys's, you know, uh, satellite uh, infrastructure that you guys built out. And um, yeah, so my 
uh, my carrier, I'll just hypothetically name it, I Aloha, um, would, you know, in fact, basically pay Apple uh, seven to eight you know, million dollars a year uh, for connecting our customers, which is a low percentage, uh, to their infrastructure, and honestly say that we're not going to compete with you guys because we're only going to like be in so many markets out there, and therefore Apple will still be the dominant using their infrastructure to connect customers to data, voice, and text. I could see where Apple kind of is going with this. So while it would cost a huge buttload of money to maintain the infrastructure that Apple intends to do with these satellites, and if they do enter into into the mobile market of providing customers mobile connectivity, then I can see where they're going to get more money from, which will then actually help offset the need to raise prices on their products. I mean, yes, if, if, if they do this and it rolls out and it's perfected and it's good, obviously we know that iPhones are going to go back up to being the most uh, high-priced pocket computers sold in the world. I mean, who wouldn't say, okay, because this iPhone particularly can connect to our satellite network out there for mobile data uh, connectivity, instead of it being $1,000, now it will be $2,000 for the phone. And there will be some people who are just going to be willing to spend that kind of money on that product for that reason. Kudos, Apple, man. Kudos. And then the question is, will Google do the same thing? And if Google does do the same thing, I hate to say this because I'm such a backer of Android and Google. I mean, yes, I've been using an iPhone lately, but I still love Android and I still like and love Google products. But they always make bad business decisions. And I can only see Google stepping in their own way and doing something like this, but then totally screwing it up. I hate to say that. It's so painful to say that. But who knows? Again, many companies have tried an idea like this and none of them can find it to to generate them that kind of revenue that they would need not only to break even, but to make profit off of it. And if you know business, then you should know those terminologies. Breaking even is recuperating the money that you invested into your product. A profit is what you've gained after you've hit your break even point. Anything else you take in after that, that makes you more money. So I don't know. We'll have to see. But they say five years. Five years, they they would need the time to do this. We shall see. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, just, I, I think it's crazy, right? Like the imagination of things really excites me. Getting it to become reality is even more exciting. But, you know, it doesn't pain me if this never happens because I can honestly see why it wouldn't happen. Okay, and that's obviously is Apple willing to shoulder that kind of risk. I mean, Tim Cook has made some decisions for Apple, some stupid ones, but obviously we got to say that, you know what, um, he hasn't tanked as royally as everyone thought he was going to after Jobs passing. Um, Again, my condolences to the Jobs family and uh, may may Jobs' soul um, be resting peacefully. But uh, Tim Cook, while we all looked at him to be the failure, and in a way, he has, but it's only because he doesn't really have Jobs' vision of things or determination or drive. Um, you know, I always say this to people. If Steve Jobs was alive and still running Apple, I definitely would have probably switched to an iPhone a long time ago. 
But the direction that Tim Cook was going, all the jank that was happening with iOS, them ignoring the fact that there was issues with with uh, with iOS, you know, as as early as iOS seven, and doing all these feature impact things with iOS going forward from iOS seven, but not paying attention to the issues with iOS currently, you know, happening since i since iOS seven was my reasons why I never took the plunge until recently. But I'm not even like fully immersed in the Apple ecosystem. I'm not fully immersed in the iPhone. I like using the iPhone. I love using it. I like the I, I like everything about it. There are some things that I dislike about it, but mostly good things. Uh, but if someone was like, "Hey, I have your iPhone Seven. I have your Pixel Three. You can only choose one to use for the rest of your life. It's going to be the Pixel Three, hands down, because I still love Android and everything that it offers me." So anyways, guys, that's pretty much it for this episode. Thank you so much for coming in and checking it out and listening. Um, and, and if you guys did, you guys can leave me some, you know, a message back, an audio message back. That's one thing I love about Anchor. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast source, such as Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc., please help me out, guys. Uh, share this across your social media platforms. You know, send it out as a tweet. Post it on your Facebook timeline. Um, Somebody needs to get a new uh, timing belt for their vehicle. But yes, that is it, guys. Thanks so much for listening to this to this podcast episode. Really appreciate that. And um, as always, aloha. <laughs>